is Radio Omniglot, a podcast about language and linguistics. I am Simon Eger. This is episode 20, in which I will be talking about language families, what they are, how they develop, and I will introduce some of the major and minor language families. So what is a language family? Well, as humans, we like to categorize and classify things and try and bring order to the chaos of the world. So linguists classify languages into different groups, which they believe descend from a common ancestor. In some cases, we know what that ancestor was. We have written evidence of that ancestor. For example, the modern Romance languages, such as French, Spanish and Italian, all developed from Latin. And we have written records of Latin. We have a lot of literature in Latin, so we know what Latin was like. And we have a pretty good idea of how those languages developed. We have historical records of older versions of those languages and how Latin changed over time. We don't have recordings, so we don't know exactly what these languages sounded like, but we can have some idea from the written records. With other languages, we are not so sure, but we can compare modern languages and any historical versions of those languages and other older languages that seem to be related to them to reconstruct their possible ancestor. So I mentioned the Romance languages, and the Romance languages are one branch of the Indo-European language family, which is the language family with the most speakers. Over 3.2 billion people speak a Indo-European language, and there are 445 different languages within that family, according to Ethnologue. Now all the stats you hear I have got from Ethnologue which is usually fairly reliable, but when it comes to languages, how many languages are, what what exactly constitutes a language, and what is a dialect, there's a lot of dispute about this, which I covered in the episode about languages and dialect. And also, the number of speakers is not always accurate. It might rely on census figures, and those are not always accurate. Because if you ask people, do you speak a particular language, some people may not admit to speaking a language. For example, if they don't feel confident about being able to speak it, or they can't read and write it, or they don't speak the standard or prestige version of the language, some people might say, oh no, I don't speak that language at all. And then other people, who maybe only know a few words of that language, will say, oh yes, I speak that language. So Indo-European languages are spoken in Europe and India, and also in a few other places between there, such as Iran, Pakistan, Bangladesh, Sri Lanka, and they have spread all over the world, particularly English and Spanish, French and Portuguese. And they originated in Europe, it's thought, and people have reconstructed their possible ancestor known as Proto-Indo-European. And it's thought that about six or 7,000 years ago, a group of people who we call the Proto-Indo-Europeans, although we have no idea what they called themselves, they came from somewhere around Ukraine, what is now Ukraine, and they spread into Europe and into South and parts of Central Asia, as far as China some of them went, and they spread their language and culture in this way. So that's the Indo-European languages. And I've already mentioned some of them, such as the Romance languages, the Spanish, Italian, Portuguese, and so on. And English, of course. English is a Germanic language. So each language family has a number of branches and sub-branches and the exact classification is not always clear because some languages may have characteristics from one branch and also from a different branch so they're not always it's not always certain which branch they belong to or even which language family they belong to 
English, for example, is classified as a West Germanic language belonging to the Anglo-Frisian group of languages. It is known to descend from Anglo-Saxon or Old English, which was brought to Britain by the various tribes who we call the Angles, Saxons, Jutes and Frisians. And probably they didn't speak a single language because there's quite a few different tribes who invaded Britain. So there was never one single proto-English exactly. And then in the different places they settled, different regional variations of language developed. And then other people came along. The Vikings invaded, particularly in the north and western parts of Britain. And they spoke a related language, Old Norse. And as they spoke a related language, they could more or less communicate, but it wasn't quite the same. So as a result of interactions between the Old Norse and Old English speakers, the languages changed. English borrowed many words from Old Norse, and Norse may have borrowed words from English as well. And some aspects of English grammar became simpler, and then later on the Normans came along. They came from Normandy, but originally they descended from Vikings, Norsemen, and they brought with them a kind of... French, what's well, called French, but you could call it Norman, or it became Anglo-Norman, a language related to French, and that had a huge impact on English. And later on, we borrowed words from Latin and Greek and many other languages. So now English includes vocabulary from many different sources, huge numbers of words from French and Latin, a lot from Greek, especially for scholarly, medical, scientific terminology. So English, in some ways, is a hybrid language. At the base, it's West Germanic, but in terms of vocabulary and, to some extent, grammar, there's huge influences from the, the Romance, the Latin and Greek, even, languages. So that's English. And we know that English developed from old Germanic languages. So Germanic is one of the branches of the Indo-European language family. It also includes, within the West Germanic branch, Dutch, Frisian, German, and a number of other smaller languages. Then there's the North Germanic branch, which includes Swedish, Danish, Norwegian, Icelandic, Faroese, and a few other languages or dialects, depending on how you look at them. And we know that those languages developed from Old Norse. And then there was an East Germanic branch, and we only have records of Gothic, but there were probably other East Germanic languages at one point. There were no Southern Germanic languages as far as we know. Another branch of the Indo-European language family is the Slavic or Slavonic branch, which includes Russian and Ukrainian and Belarusian. They form the East Slavic languages. And then in the South, there are languages like Bulgarian, Macedonian, Croatian, Serbian, Bosnian and Slovenian. And then in the West, there are languages like Polish, Czech and Slovak. And then they're all closely related and the ones in each branch are more closely related to each other, although Slovak apparently is kind of a bridge between them. It has a lot in common with Czech and Polish, but also with Southern Slavic languages and Eastern Slavic languages, such as Ukrainian. So it's not always easy to tell exactly how to classify all these different languages. Another branch of the Indo-European language family is, of course, Celtic. This is one I'm particularly interested in. I have studied all the modern Celtic languages, so there are two branches of the modern Celtic language family, the Goidelic or Gaelic branch, which includes Irish, Scottish Gaelic and Manx, and then the Brythonic branch, which includes Welsh, Cornish and Breton. Now within the Gaelic branch, the languages are very close and to some extent mutually intelligible, although Manx has a very different orthography. Within the Brythonic branch, apparently Cornish and Breton are very close. I don't know much of either, 
I've studied them only to a limited degree, but Welsh is a bit more different. And in fact, in many groups of languages, you have a dialect continuum, where you have, say, in one town, you have people speaking in a particular way, and you go down the road a bit, and they speak a little bit differently. They go a bit further, and it's different again. And the further you go away, the more different it becomes. Although it's all classified as the same language, unless you cross into a different country, then it may be seen as a different language altogether. So we think that if we go back, languages, language families are a bit like trees. So you have lots of branches, and they're going off in all different directions. But if you go back in time, you have, you come down to one single proto-language. But I'm not so sure about that. I think there's always been a great diversity of languages, and languages influence each other in all sorts of different ways. So if you go to any point in time, it'll be hard to say, okay, this is proto Celtic, for example, there's probably not, not one single proto-Celtic language. There were lots of different related languages, and some of them developed in some ways, and some of them went extinct. People stopped speaking them for whatever reasons, but they all influenced each other. So the modern Celtic languages probably descended from a number of different roots. So it is like a tree in some ways. You've got the roots, perhaps a trunk, where you have one or a few languages that develop into more into a whole group of different languages, a whole family. So we've had a little look at the Indo-European language family. There are some branches of it which only have one or two languages within them. For example, the Hellenic branch of the Indo-European languages consists of basically Greek, and the Albanian branch is Albanian, and the Armenian branch is just Armenian. And they are kind of branches that have gone off on their own, they've done their own thing. They're related to other Indo-European languages, but they have developed in different ways. Another major language family in terms of number of speakers is the Sino-Tibetan language family. Now, the majority of people who speak a Sino-Tibetan language speak some form of Chinese, especially Mandarin Chinese, although there are over 450 languages within this group. So they're spoken in China and in parts of East Asia, Southeast Asia particularly. And as I said, about 1.3 or 1.4 billion people speak a Sino-Tibetan language, as well as various kinds of Chinese, Tibetan, Burmese, and a lot of other languages you probably won't know about, unless, of course, you're a regular visitor to Omniglots, where you can find out about all these different languages. And then another major language family, in terms of numbers of speakers and the number of languages, in fact, this is the language family with the most languages within it, is the Niger-Congo language family which has over 1,500 different languages within it, and about 520 million speakers. Now, these languages are spoken throughout sub-Saharan Africa, and as the name suggests, they probably originated along the Niger and Congo rivers. And major languages within, within this group include Swahili, spoken in much of Eastern Africa, mainly as a second language, and natively in Tanzania particularly, and Zulu, which is a major language spoken in South Africa, and other languages include Kosa, also spoken in South Africa, and Ndebele, uh, and so on. Then the next group of languages, in terms of numbers of speakers, which has of nearly 500 million speakers, is the Afro-Asiatic language family. Now this includes such languages as Arabic, Hebrew, um, Amharic, which is spoken in Ethiopia and Eritrea, and many, many more languages. 
So it's spoken in parts of Africa, in Western Asia, and there are about 365 languages within this group. And after that, in terms of number of speakers, the next largest group is Austronesian, which has about 325 million speakers and 1,223 languages. Now, this is a group of languages. It has many different branches. It's a thought to have originated in Taiwan, or Formosa, as it used to be called. And the Formosan languages, which are still spoken to some extent in Taiwan, are one of the branches of this group. Another major branch is Polynesian languages, which are spoken throughout Polynesia, which is a huge area of the Pacific Ocean. Well, it's basically a triangle within the Pacific, with New Zealand at one corner, Rapa Nui or Easter Island at another corner, and Hawaii at another corner. So the islands within that, that huge area are mainly Polynesian, where they speak Polynesian languages. And then a lot of languages spoken in Southeast Asia, such as Malay, Indonesian, Tagalog, and so on. These are Austronesian languages. And the Austronesian people also spread out all the way to Madagascar, where Malagasy is also an Austronesian language. So this is a very widespread language family with lots of languages within it and quite a lot of speakers. And then the next language family in terms of number of speakers is the Austroasiatic language family, which has about 116 million speakers and 165 different languages. And these languages are spoken in Southeast Asia, Southern China, and parts of India and Bangladesh. There are two main branches to this language family. The Mon Khmer branch, which is spoken in Cambodia, the Khmer language, and in Vietnam, the Vietnamese language, and a number of other languages. In fact, over 140 different languages. And the Munda branch, which is spoken in parts of northeastern India and Bangladesh. And major languages within this group include Santali, Ho and Mandari. In terms of number of speakers, the next largest language family is the Nilo-Saharan language family, a group of languages spoken mainly in North Africa, in such countries as Sudan, Ethiopia, Eritrea, Benin, Algeria, Central African Republic, Tanzania, Uganda, and so on. And the largest languages within this group include Luo, which is spoken in Kenya, Kanuri, spoken in Nigeria, Kalenjin, spoken in Kenya, Zarma, spoken in Niger, and Dinka, which is spoken in Sudan. There are about 200 languages in this group, spoken by about 54 million people. Then, in terms of the number of speakers, the next largest language family is the Trans New Guinea language family, which consists of 478 languages, spoken by about 3.5 million people in Papua New Guinea, in neighbouring parts of Indonesia, and East Timor, and a number of other places in Southeast Asia. Another major language family is the Otto-Manguean family, which consists of about 177 languages, spoken by about 1.7 million people, mainly in Mexico. And languages within this family include Chinateco, Chatino, Mazatec, Mixtec, and Zapotec. And the number 10 language family in terms of number of speakers is Dravidian, a group of languages spoken in southern India, Sri Lanka, Nepal, and Pakistan. And major languages within this group include 
Tamil, Telugu, Kannada, Tulu, and many more languages. There are about 85 languages in this group, spoken by over 250 million people. Now we've had a look at the top 10 language families in terms of number of speakers. Let's have a look at a few other language families. One major family in terms of the number of languages it contains is the Australian language family. That is the Aboriginal languages spoken in Australia, of which there are currently about 200 or so, but they're only spoken by about 37,000 people. So each one has quite a small number of speakers. In some cases only a handful, in others maybe a few hundred or a few thousand. Now there are many different branches within the Australian group of languages, and we're not sure if they all came from a common root, but they have been spoken in Australia probably for a very long time, because people have lived in Australia for maybe 40 or 50,000 years. So in that time, a great diversity of languages has developed. In some cases, a language family may only contain a few members, maybe only 10 or less. In some cases, maybe only two or three. And there are also language isolates. These are languages not related to any other language, as far as we know. They may have had relatives in the past, but they are no longer spoken. In some cases, we do know about their relatives, so we know that they were part of a family. But in other cases, such as Basque, the language spoken in the Basque country, in the north of Spain and south of France, for the whole of recorded history, this language has been on its own. And there are other languages, like Japanese, which isn't related to anything else, as far as we know. Within Japan, there are many regional variations of Japanese dialects, and in Okinawa and the Ryukyu Islands, there are quite a few different languages which are related to Japanese, which form the Japonic or Japanese Ryukyuan language family. But as far as we know, these languages are not related to any others. And grammatically, Japanese has a lot in common with Korean, and also Mongolian, and the Turkic languages. And some people have proposed a Altaic language family, which includes all of these and a number of others. But generally, this is not accepted by most linguists. And some linguists will take historical reconstructions of languages and compare those and try and go back further in time to construct historical language families. And some even believe they can go back to the first language, Proto-World. But as we don't know when languages first emerged, when the, what the first language was, is a complete mystery. We don't know at all. Or where it was spoken, or what it sounded like. We can only speculate. Unless somebody builds a time machine that we can go back in time. But even if we could do that, how would we know when and where to go? We could spend all our time <laughs> trying to find the original language, if there was such a thing. So now we have some idea of what language families are, and some of the major language families, and a few of the minor ones. Um, I think that will do for now. I hope you found this interesting and informative. If you want to know more about languages and language families, you could go along to omnidot.com. It's a little website I run. You may have heard of it. If you'd like to leave any comments or suggestions about this episode or any ep other episodes of this podcast, go along to omniglot.com slash radio, where you can find notes on all the episodes. And if you want to contact me, you can do so via the um, Radio Omniglot website or via email, 
My email address is feedback at omniglot.com. So, you know, tell your friends about this podcast. If you're feeling very generous, maybe even you would like to give me a little donation or even a large one. You can find donate buttons on the Radio Omniglot site and on the main Omniglot site. So, thank you for listening and goodbye for now.